I want to. I want whatever the Addison Ray energy drink is. It's a uh, Alani New. Stop. You know who Addison Ray is. Stop. <laughs> I have no <laughs> you idea. Too. You're tripping. You're messing with me, bro. She a country singer? So we're warmed up. We're good and ready. Jake just went on a 15-minute tangent about Trey Young and how he thinks he's such a loser. He said he just played pickup with him a few years ago. Wasn't even a nice guy. Three or four interactions. Said he spit in Jake's face every time. That's not true at all. No. Uh, we we did have a, a little bit of a discussion about Trey Young. And Jake had a few nice things, a few not so nice things to say. I think Trey had a phenomenal season last year i think trey had a phenomenal season last year um leading that team to the eastern conference finals even if it was against the worst team in the playoffs in the knicks and it banged up 76ers team still impressive in the way he did it had to throw that jab in didn't you had to get your uppercut in i was just saying who they played i'm just joking and then um <laughs> but then this year had a great year led the nba in points and assists i believe right, so. like total totals total. yeah um super impressive First person to ever do that in pro and college, by the way. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Keep going. I did see that. That's crazy. Yeah. But then he was horrendous the entire series when you're relied on to be the best player and you're one of the worst players on the court. I think it's a bad look. It's a bad look. Of course, it's a bad look. Um, I was just not impressed with him at all. Um, he can't defend anyone. And then he plays three games that are just horrendous. Um, <laughs> and, and we're still talking about how he's one of the best players under 25. He might be one of the... F- 10 best players under 25. He ain't touching those top two or three guys. Yeah. Welcome to Panhandles. Uh, I'm your host, Derek Parker, sitting across from me ranting and raving with his tinfoil hat on is Jake Kerr. Jake, how are you doing today? Are you in a bad mood? No, I'm not in a bad mood. Episode two, folks, we're already pissy. I'm not in a bad mood at all. Been a long day. Long day at the salt mine. Long day, but I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk some hoops. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk some whole lot of NBA today. It looks like yes, yep. That's pretty much what's going on right now. Uh, we got a good guest too. I'm pretty excited. That's me. That's on me, mom. I had a great day. My mom's texting me. How was your day? What a saint. Okay. <laughs> what's your mom's name? Lori. Good name. Uh. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna. We're just going to jump into it after I was going to say we're going to jump right into it, but it's we've been sitting here talking for 30 minutes already, so we're not going to jump right into it. We took our sweet time. NBA playoffs. Let's start with Boston, Brooklyn, because I feel like that's easily the biggest talking point in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn was extremely disappointing. I had Boston win in the series. I thought Brooklyn would put up more of a fight or a fight at all. Uh, there's huge holes just in their in their franchise on this team. They have a complete lack of depth. Their best bench players are Nicholas Claxton, Goran Dragic, and Patty Mills. That's weak. All free agents. Upcoming free agents. In general, their defense is horrendous. Completely terrible. It's atrocious to watch. They, Other than poor Bruce Brown, there's not a guy on the team that can keep anybody in front of them. Boston got a paint touch anytime they freaking wanted to. The in-game adjustments were not there. You touched on that last week. It was pitiful. Maybe the only good thing that happened from a coaching standpoint was bringing Blake Griffin to the game. 
which people are completely blowing up right now. Um, and he was okay. He just brought some energy. And there's no, there's no leadership. Like you look around and no one's getting guys on the same page. It's just, I, I wasn't impressed with it. Um, and then Brooklyn gave up so many fast break points to Boston. I, I th- there was no discipline. There was no, there was no coaching. There was no consistent effort. It felt like I, I was very underwhelmed in Brooklyn who going into the year, I was super excited to watch. Um, on the other side, Boston is real. They're legit. I have them winning it, but that's <laughs> that's me. Just that's something I'd like to see. They're what the a be- pipe dream. Yeah, they're the best defensive team in the league, and I. And it's not close. Well, and the thing is, the numbers might say that you know they're one of the best or the top three. They're the best. No, no other team's doing that to Kevin Durant. Not only are they statistically the best, when it's crunch time and you need a perimeter defender, you need an interior defender, and you need a star defender, you have got Marcus Smart, you've got Robert Williams, and you've got Jason Tatum. And I don't care what the numbers are telling you, you're rocking with those guys. I don't care what the Heat are doing, you're rocking with those guys, 100%. And and they can have Smart, Tatum, Brown, Grant Williams, and Al Horford on the court. Al Horford slash Tice slash Mm -hmm. Williams. They're interchangeable. Let's go with Horford for now. All five of them, other than Grant Williams, kind of can go get a bucket. Marcus Smart can get a bucket if he needs to. Yeah. Um, Tatum and Brown obviously can. Al Horford, if the matchup's right, he can. And Grant Williams has shot a lot better. And they're and they're five of the best, five of the top fifty defenders for their positions in the NBA. They're really freaking good. Yeah. Um. And they almost all they always almost always have Brown or Tatum on the court, and either of those guys can go get a bucket on just about anyone in the league. Tatum got a lot of hype. Jalen Brown, especially in game four, made some tough buckets. Like buckets yeah. that had he not hit, they def- most definitely would have lost that game. And a lot of those were when Tatum was out. Like, yes. it, it, I think that's interesting because when they're in together at the beginning of the year, it was kind of like, who's going to have the ball in their hands? It, it was like there was some tension. It was awkward. Like, Brown would take the last shot and miss, and everyone's thinking Tatum should have had it. Tatum takes the last shot and misses. Well, Brown should have had it. They play a lot better together now, and then when the when the other's not on the court, the guy on the court is absolutely killing it and able to kind of shoulder the load. Um, they have some of the best role players in the league. Yes. Grant, Grant Williams, dude. I could not talk enough about Grant Williams in that series. Oh, my gosh. Hitting bucket after bucket. He played really solid defense on Kevin Durant. Game For a four. role player, yes. He I know. was awesome. Because they kind of took Tatum off of him. Yes. Especially game four. They're just, I don't know if it's one of those things where you want to be able to rest him on that side of the ball to try to win the game. But to be able to put Grant Williams on him, and Grant Williams is so dang physical. Of course, he, he didn't give up shut 39. Yeah, I was going to say he scored close to 40, but it was like 13 of 40 shooting, something like that. 13 of 30, something just bonkers yeah, for it, Kevin Durant. It was not as good as the box score would have told you. Um, And then guys like Horford, Tyson, Williams, those three guys, none of those are stars. They're really good. They can all, you know, Williams is going to score off lobs. Tice can score better than I thought he could. He's got a nice little mid-range shot. He has a nice soft touch around the rim. I don't think I watched him miss a shot, if I'm being <laughs> honest. I think he went like 13 for 13 in the series. 
that's then, not true, but I, I just never looked up and saw Daniel Tice miss a shot ever. And then I feel like Horford just hits timely shots. He's an underrated defender. Ime Udoka is coaching his best basketball right now, and the Celtics are playing their best basketball. And I think is the best defensive team in the NBA with one of the best players in the NBA. They're dangerous. They're real. They are. You nailed it. Uh, Boston was better in every single facet of the game. It was not even close. They destroyed them defensively, offensively, coaching. It, I mean, it just was a complete meltdown by Brooklyn with who should have had the first and probably third best players. So now, mm-hmm. if you're Brooklyn, and this is not going to be like, we're not going to have the magic answer for this. No. If you're Brooklyn, what's next? Because like you said, role players, bad depth bad just underwhelming it's like they're all okay yeah and then you've got ben simmons complete question mark and i don't want to get into that aspect of it because there's just no good that can come from talking about ben simmons or his back or his mental health or anything like that like there's no winning even if you get to say i told you so ben simmons back was fine like there's just there's no winning and it it is going to tear down people who are actually struggling with mental health or injury issues whatever the case but He's a question mark. The dude has now missed two complete seasons. He's had his winning questioned both overseas, early in his career, with every team he's played with. He's a question mark. It's fair to call him that. I don't care what's going on with his injury or or his mental right now. And then you have Kyrie Irving. I would also say a question mark. Unbelievable player. I, I don't think anyone's going to doubt what Kyrie Irving can do on the basketball court. Bit of a question mark. Uh, in recent years, hasn't won a playoff series in a very long time. And then you have Kevin Durant, an aging star, one of the best players in the world still, don't care what the series looked like, one of the best players in the world. What do you do? I get a new head coach. I look at a guy. And they're not. I don't know if you saw that. I saw that. You know, because I th- I, they pretty much got to, I don't, I don't know if this is fair to say, choose who their coach was going to be. I mean, it seemed like Nash was kind of a guy that they wanted to be around. Um I heard someone mention that Kyrie might have made a comment like they don't really need a coach. Like a while ago going into the season, like they didn't really need like a coach or someone that's going to push them. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm probably taking this week. week I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, there's something. But I look at Boston and New Orleans specifically with two young coaches and Ime Udoka and Willie Green who are probably pretty easy to get along with, um, ex-players. And seem to be well respected, who seem to get the most out of their guys, make in game adjustments, and not that Steve Nash doesn't want to win, but they they want to win. Like they're they're doing everything they can to win. If you get a guy like that, I think that's the first step. I keep Kyrie and I keep Kevin. They're two of the best generational talents. Kyrie, should he should they resign him would make two hundred and forty million dollars over the course of the next five years which is so much freaking money. That could end up, and I love Kyrie's game, that could end up as a terrible contract in three years. But I agree. I think you have to re-sign him. There's no reason not to with Kevin Durant on your team. You're obviously keeping him. Yeah, I re-sign him, and I obviously keep KD. I like Bruce Brown for the future. I like him kind of for any team. Unrestricted free agent. Might get a bag. Might get a bag. Uh, I don't think he should get a bag, but... I don't think he, he should might. either. He's a good role player. Man, people are set, people are basing his contract year like there's the memes and stuff of everything of like oh his agent's freaking out right now because he's playing so good. There's no way teams are going to look at this playoff performance alone and base his next contract off that. They were I watched Jason Tatum 
Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, Al Horford, ignore this man for four full games. They didn't bat an eye in his direction because of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving being on the floor. I don't want to hear how good Bruce Brown is. Get yeah, out of here. I don't think he's I don't think he's a great scorer necessarily, but I think he's a valuable asset to Oh yeah. To a, I, I tore him down. He's a good player. He's to, fine. Yeah, I think if you're a Phoenix or a maybe in a Boston or Golden State, like that's a valuable player to have. Really good defender, can play in transition, uh versatile on ball, off ball. All right. Um to the next one. Miami Atlanta. Series ended last night. A three-point win from Miami after kind of a crazy comeback from Atlanta. DeAndre Hunter led the way with 35. I know we're both big fans of DeAndre on this podcast. What are your thoughts on that series on uh, Miami's run, Atlanta's future? Talk me through it. We we touched on it. Not good at all for Atlanta. I just don't. I don't know what their design is. What are they trying to achieve with this team? It feels very mismatched, and that's kind of how their drafts have been. They've been on the higher end, on the lower end now for a little bit. They haven't really had consistency. Uh, the Heat look legit. I still don't know that I'd take them. I, I wouldn't have taken them coming into the year. They haven't impressed me greatly. I mean, they look good. They look fine. Um, I think Boston or even Philadelphia can beat them. As far as Atlanta... Defense, 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 defense. You have to go get someone that can help Trey Young on the perimeter. Number one, I think I texted you this the other day. Follow Golden State's path. And I know that's go get a go draft a Draymond. Okay. Of course you're not gonna be able to go draft Clay, Draymond, and sign Kevin Durant, but follow that game plan. Go get you a defensive anchor that can help Trey Young to where he can score 30 a night without absolutely like you said, being dreadful on defense, go get good perimeter defenders and then let him do his work. I don't know. They got to switch something because what the roster they have right now is just not it. I agree. If you're going to build around Trey, I like that mindset of doing somewhat like what the Warriors did, getting exceptional role players. I'll say this about Miami. I think they are legit and I think they can beat Boston. I think they can come out of the East and I did not think that going into this series. I had them beating atlanta or cleveland whoever they're going to play in seven um i question their star power a little bit and i question who's going to be able to score down the stretch i overlook the fact they have the best coach in the nba i think eric spolstra always and they have this balance of finesse and physicality that i really am attracted to they have guys like lowry and Butler, who will knock your head off. They have guys like Hero and Bam and, and Robinson to some extent that are really finesse, talented, naturally skilled players. And then like on the other side, you also have PJ Tucker, who's a guy that's just meant for the playoffs. He's an X factor when it comes to that. Gabe Vincent's good too. Honestly, they, I like him. Yeah, they're similar to um, Boston in my mind. Now, they don't have a Tatum. I think Butler's really good. He might be as good as Tatum, but their game... like. Ending a game, I'd rather have the ball in Jason Tatum's hand. They, they, both teams really defend. They play fast, and they can score the ball. And I, I just think that you kind of cover all aspects of the game when you're, when you're one of the top three or four teams in each of those categories. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the three ones. Mm. Warriors up 3-1 on the Nuggets. Bucks up 3-1 on the Bulls. And we can make this quick. Yeah. Do either of the, the ones stand a chance whatsoever? 
No, they're both losing tonight. Wednesday night at the time of this recording. Yes, Wednesday night. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, both the Warriors and the Bucks will have moved on in their respective <laughs> conferences because neither of those teams have a chance. And then Chicago's without Zach Levine and Alex Caruso. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. Uh, very brutal. Uh, the three twos. Much more interesting. Suns, Pelicans. Pelicans have looked much more legit than we thought. Dude, I thought they were kind of getting lucky. They're actually good. They are good. Man, Brandon Ingram. Yeah. He's here. Man, he's Knock, fun. knock. He's here. <laughs> yeah, no, he. They're they they look really good. That being said, can they win two elimination games? No, they're losing the next one. You think? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think they could force a game seven. They play hard. They're wily. Uh, if I had to bet, they're losing the next one as well. But I, I wouldn't count them out by any means. I wouldn't count them I w- out. I would have counted them out two weeks ago. Oh, 100 percent. Today they've changed my mind easily. I'll say this, and I know we agree. Their rookies have been fantastic. Trey Murphy has been really good. Herb Jones has been fantastic, and Grand Theft Alvarado, complete legend. Grand Theft Alvarado, that's amazing. Uh, I like Herb, man. Herbie fully loaded. We love him, my guy. But they've been really good, and they've they've impacted the game. They've impacted winning, and they've yeah, impacted they the way that New Orleans plays. And very few rookies do that. And very rarely does a team have three rookies that do that in the playoffs against the number one seed. Man, they're promising once Zion gets back. Yeah. It's super interesting to think it, about. it will be. It will be interesting. I almost have the same feeling of like Ben Simmons, wherever he goes, like we know how good he could be. And Zion's different because he's younger. But it's like we know how good he could be, but what's it going to look like? Yeah. Question uh, mark. He's a question mark. Uh, Grizzlies, Wolves, Scrappy Series. Scrappy Series, which I think people anticipated. Yeah. I don't think we anticipated it quite so much. Um, there will be a Game 7. There will be a Game 7. Yep. You heard it here. Panhandles. I like I Minnesota at home. I really do. Yeah, they really feed off that crowd's energy. I just... I don't know. It's been such a weird series that I'm not sure I can predict anything that can happen in it anymore, to be honest. Yeah. John Morant could go for 50, and it wouldn't surprise me. John Morant could go for 5, and it wouldn't surprise me. I will be surprised if the Timberwolves win this series. I don't think they're going to win back-to-back. I don't think they're definitely going to win in Memphis. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Grizzlies won. Yeah. And poor Cat, dude. He can't do anything right. <laughs> I mean, anytime he celebrates or anything, it's like they blow a 14-point lead right after that. Or they make fun of him by the tone of his voice in a post-game interview. Did you see the video of him deepening it? <laughs> he added more bass. <laughs> That's what I do on this podcast. I have a little mixer. I turn the bass all the way down. That's right. Which no, is but- embarrassing because it's so high still. So do we both like Memphis and 7? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Sure. I'd like to see a, a game seven where it just gets crazy chippy would be a lot of fun. Oh, it will be. Especially I'm, without I'm a dog so in the fight. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's the third one? Raptor Sixers. Dude, we were killing the on the last pod. It was like, <laughs> it's over. Let's just talk about Toronto's future. What are they going to do next year? I saw a Another great, staring game seven right in the face. I saw a great quote. I'm sure you saw this too. The Nick Nurse quote. He said, this was after they went down 3-0. He said, if it gets to 3-1, it's not 3-0 anymore. And 3-1 has been done. I like that. I just got chills. I know. We should suit up for him. Suit up. There's going to be a game seven. I genuinely, I think there's going to be a game seven. And I, I really think the Raptors can do it. I'm not even posturing just because I like the Raptors or because I, I thought that they had a chance early. 
I really, really think they have a chance to do it. If it was ever going to happen, it's going to be to a polarizing team with a hurt Embiid and a polarizing James Harden. And, and Maxi has not been as good these last few games. And Doc Rivers. <laughs> They're also killing him on Twitter, man. He had a whole two-minute clip today just ranting about it. I need to watch. I, haven't, <laughs> I, I think you might have sent it to me. I don't remember if I did or not, but I've seen it. It's funny. Uh, watch it. I think the Raptors can do it. If Joel Embiid wasn't hurt, oh, it would have been. It would have been over four one. I agree, um, but I think Philly wins it at home in Game Seven. I'll just go really? that route. Yeah, I, I really do. Um, I I like Philly still probably. I do too, but dude, what? I'm glad that we're getting to kind of see this. Oh, it's so much more fun. So much more fun. Because you knew what the Raptors had in them early in those games, and now we actually get to see that. And it's the series we thought it would be when we didn't when we thought it was over. So and it's been fun. I don't like Philly doing this whole Jekyll and Hyde thing, how it's like they look like one of the most dominant teams in the playoffs the first few games, and then these last few, it's like what? It might solely be on the shoulders of Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> Second year guard Tyrese Maxey. He hasn't been as good these last few. No. And they've lost by a lot. Tyrese, if you're listening, I know you're a longtime fan of the pod. Go ahead and go ahead and put the ball through the hoop. Do the thing with the with the shot and the makes and the winning. And uh, Hard, Harden's been trash, and you were killing him last time on. And I was trying to have his back. He's been he wasn't good. He's, he's taken a step back. You're 100 right. He's regressed. I read a whole article today. It was so good, and it was uh, it was comparing him to other people who have taken pretty massive regressions, and, and they made a lot of good points, man. They made a lot of good points. He's never been a guy, though, who has relied on speed and strength. He's more of a craftiness kind of guy. And just pace. Yeah, yeah. pace, craftiness. He, he knows how to work you. Uh, so I could see him maybe finding his flair again. I doubt it, though. He's definitely taking a step back. I don't think that's debatable anymore. I agree. It's not like a guy like Russ, Russell Westbrook, who relies solely on athleticism and just motor. Um, taking a step back from an injury or from just you know getting older. So I think there's a chance there he could be better. He's not looked good at all, man. No. Like he's been, you know, I, I was kind of on Trey earlier, but it, it's I have the same feeling with Harden. It's just like, where are you Where are you when your best is needed? And Harden hadn't been there. No. Embiid's been hurt, and asking Maxie to do all of it is not the situation you should be in if you're Philadelphia. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, next up, we have a very special guest. Tankathon? Tankathon. All right, with us now, we have a bit of a legend, especially in the Thunder community. Uh, he is the creator of Tankathon, the site I know every single one of you know and love. We have Matt Hoover. Matt, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing fine, doing fine. Jake is going to kick us off here. Jake? Yeah, Matt. So, uh, you know, big Bulls fan. For all the listeners out there, tell, tell them what you think about the playoffs so far, about, about the Bulls. Cover just, you know, your thoughts so far in the playoffs. Uh, the playoffs have been a lot of fun so far. Uh, the Bulls, we had game two, got some hopes up. I mean, the hopes were very low going in with the second half of the season being right. so rough. Um, but we did get the huge DeRozan game and had some hope with Caruso showing form and the defense coming back. 
and it's been terrible since then. Um, and now with uh, recording this right before game five, it's likely going to end tonight. But um, the rest of the series are fun, like Pelicans, Suns, mm-hmm. the uh, Timberwolves, Grizzlies, a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's been good. What did you think of all uh, Boston and, and Brooklyn? What, what are your, I guess, just general thoughts on that series? What, what went wrong there or what went right there? <laughs> I mean, like the whole Ben Simmons situation, uh, <laughs> Kyrie, I mean, everything. Uh, Boston's just been, been playing super well since, what, the midway point when the Bulls started sucking. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Sapped yeah, all their power. Was, uh, I don't know. It was, it was I mean, it's kind of fun to watch the Nets just implode like that. Um, we'll see what, it, what happens next year now. So you are, to my knowledge, the sole creator, runner, manager of Tankathon. What, how did you come up with or what gave you the idea to kind of create this site? So I had learned how to code um, in the summer of 2013. And that fall, uh, Derek Rose got hurt again. Um, I'd given up hope for that bull season. Um, <laughs> and actually, it, it did turn out like a decent season because Joakim Noah just went nuts and uh, carried the Bulls. And I think that's the year I think he was like fourth in MVP voting maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was dejected in like November of that, of 2013. Uh, started tracking, like keeping, keeping on like the NBA standings and the like counting from the, the bottom where the Bulls would be in the lottery at any given time. Um, and I just got tired of doing that and made my own little tool as like my first side project as a software engineer. And um, it's just turned into this this whole thing now with multiple sports and Montrass and everything. Yeah. Very cool. So to touch on Oklahoma City a little bit, um, just like most of us, I'm sure you're somewhat of a, uh, you know, social media general manager. Um, what do you think about Oklahoma City's tanking? Is it punishable? Are you pro tank? What, what your, where does your GM mind uh, go with that? I mean, I'm fine with tanking. The rules are set up to incentivize worse records even with the um flat or like the slightly flattened odds and the and the, the shared odds among the top three teams um it's still better to be number one than number three before the lottery just you can't drop as far so yeah i've got nothing against it myself um i know the league i don't think the league really does themselves either that much it's just the the discussions around it like taking over the league-wide conversations like is tanking bad like too much teams are tanking too much so i think their changes did help reduce the discussions somewhat um but i think teams are probably still acting similarly yeah so if you're pressed do you tank another year and wait for this huge 2023 class do you play it through this year um to get guys like shay and giddy um you know some experience and hopefully some wins what what do you do i mean i'd play my young guys i wouldn't like I mean, I guess the Thunder had some crazy, like, line, like active players at the end of this year, right? Like, everyone was out. and Everybody. Yes. It was the G League team. <laughs> yeah, I didn't follow, like, their specific injuries that closely, but, like, were they fishy, sit, like, benching guys, or, or was it, like, legit? <laughs> there, were <laughs> yeah. some, there were some legitimate injuries. I think definitely the most egregious one was Trey Mann, because I don't think he had any injuries. He was the 18th overall pick. He was playing really well. So that one was fishy. The rest, honestly, they kind of delved into their roster all season and, and played guys. There were there were some bad ones. We're not gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat it. There were some <laughs> yeah. bad ones. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of teams have that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would I wouldn't like load up on free agents and and uh, 
trade for veterans this offseason or anything. I would just keep the same approach and like Victor Victor Webanyama. Uh, don't know his exact pronunciation of his name yet, but uh, he's looking very good at the top of next year's draft. Don't even don't even get Jake started on this guy. <laughs> we'll be here all night. You won't catch the Bulls game. I'm telling you, dude. Yeah. We'll be here all night. Talking I mean, about him is probably better than watching the Bulls game. Yeah, I mean, I've got to do a deep dive on on him soon. I don't I don't look too far ahead in the future in terms of like draft classes, um, but but I know he's he's gonna be. He certainly looks like he's gonna be the, the top pick next year. Special man. On a on that note, what do you think of Presti and his? just stupid stash of picks. I mean, it's, it's obviously good for your site because Thunder fans are going to be going back there for the <laughs> yeah. foreseeable future. Um, I mean, I, I, I support it. I was a big fan of, of Hinky's strategy back in the day. That was like the early times of Tankathon uh, where Philly was just powering the site traffic. <laughs> right. Um, I know OKC doesn't have as many fans as Philly, but uh, I've, I've seen an increase in, in Oklahoma traffic uh, and, and that'll be good for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just the whole strategy of maximizing your your like your rolls of the dice with every draft pick. Um, I think that it's got to be like the best move if you're building through the draft. Yeah. What what fan base interacts with your site the most? Um, I mean, it's a it's a combination of like fan base size and their like. Um, depression with whether it be like with with the sixers for for many years or uh the, the knicks are frequent um gotcha. the wizards. early days lakers was big too bulls my own bulls um so yeah i, I hear the most from the big fan bases but that's just probably because there's more of them um i know like orlando is big this year like mm. they happen big like yeah so it varies though year to year which is kind of cool and then like I've noticed like when teams dip down and then they get better again, they'll still kind of be aware of the site and, and hang around. So once every mark, every, once every team like craters and comes back up, I'll have everyone pretty familiar, I guess. <laughs> Cornering the market. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. We have one more for you. We do a bit on this podcast called hard. Would you rather? And it's essentially <laughs> a, would you rather, but it's just basketball themed. All right. So we, we've got a, a bit of a goofier one for you. Would you rather have to spend the rest of your life wearing basketball shoes or wearing a basketball headband? You have to go to work in it. You have to sleep in it. You have to spend every waking moment in either your Jordan fives or an NBA brand headband. I think you got to go with the shoes. That's so much easier to like hide and be mostly normal most of the time headband yeah. headband and like in like a meeting it's just it would just be great. <laughs> i agree what if what if we throw a shooting a shooting sleeve into the equation hmm i mean you, you could pull just that off like, you could just say like i've got a bad elbow like need some uh I, support yeah a little copper fit action <laughs> right like a brett Favre <laughs> copper fit thing going on yeah no one would blink an eye no I, yeah. I think we're both we would both go shoes i think sleeping would not be fun but Oh, sleeping. I didn't. Yeah, that was suck. The headband would be more comfortable for sleeping, no doubt. Definitely. I think I still go shoes, though. Yeah. Yeah. Headband is just psychotic energy. Like you see a dude in like a suit and like a like a blazer, a collared shirt, a tie, and then like an NBA headband. Yeah. You gotta think that dude like hunts people for fun or something like that. Like there's just no way. But and like the 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 suit and sneakers is like a, a look. 
for some these days too. So. It is. That's like the 2003 draft special, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A suit with a headband? No. Nah. No, <laughs> no, sir. Yeah. Matt, thank you so much. You are a true professional. We really enjoyed this. We both. So that was uh, Matt. Big fans of your site. Great conversation. Our, our Good dude. Uh, created one of the thank best so tools for, for teams. You. That yeah, sucks. Thanks for having me. Ever. And, uh, good luck it was in the pretty much just built for Oklahoma we'll, uh, City. Yeah. For the next five years, because they're going to be tanking for the next five years. Sam Presti. Yeah, he called me last night. Sam Presti did. Had me on the line. He said, Derek, I need you to tell your millions of listeners on the pod, we're tanking for five more years, baby. Five more years. They have a deal with Tankathon. Yeah, it's like that's why they don't have ads on Tankathon. God bless him. God bless him. No ads because Sam Presti just pays him right out the. Out cool. the old thunder pocket. Go check out Tankathon if you haven't. It's a lot of fun, especially if you like the draft. I mean, it's just it, it's it's fun basketball stuff. You can get really nerdy with it. You can just kind of glance over it. It's it's really good. Great website. Great website. Absolutely, go check it out. Very well done. And that leads me to my next point, which is exactly what we're going to do, and we're going to check it out. Tankathon.com. www.tankathon.com. Uh, we're going to run our own little Tankathon, and we're going to draft the first fourteen players. Let's go. So should I sim it? Should I do it? Yeah, sim it. Oh, God. You ready? Who? All right. Oh, <laughs> you can't make it up. I'm going to type it on my phone so you don't hear you that. You can't make it up. Okay, number one, Oklahoma City. Up three spots. Okay. Number two, Indiana Pacers. Also up three spots. Number three, Pelicans. Up five spots. Four is the Rockets. Down three spots. Five is the Magic. Down three spots. Number six is the Pistons. Down three spots. Seven is Portland. Eight is Sacramento. Nine, San Antonio. Ten, Washington. Eleven, New York. Twelve is that Magic number, Oklahoma City Thunder. Thirteen, Charlotte. And fourteen, Cleveland. I'm excited. I'm excited. I already know what you're going to do with number one, because Jake has a number one pick. I'll have number two, three, and then from there, we'll alternate. I already know what Jake's going to do, which is super upsetting to me. What do you think I'm going to do? I think you're going to draft Chet Holmgren with the number one pick, which is probably what you should do, but makes this podcast less fun. With the number one overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Ryan... Never mind. The Oklahoma City Thunder (laughs) select Chet Holmgren. Holmgren, sorry, I butchered that. Jesus, you drafted him. You can't even say his name right. And the with the first pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren. Holm Holmgren, Holmgren's. No, I think it's a good pick. You want to give any rationale as to why you did that? Or? He's the best available, in my opinion. He's not super ball dominant. He's a really good defender. Oklahoma City has a hole that they need to fill with some type of pause. Okay, Oklahoma let's... City has a void that needs to be filled with. A forward or a center, and I think that Holmgren can do that. Uh, I think he's the closest thing in this draft to Evan Mobley, who we really like, um, and I think he can change the direction of the team from day one. I think he just helps. I think he just fills the void that Oklahoma City has very well. I agree. Uh, number two, Indiana Pacers. I'm going to draft Bancaro, Paolo Bancaro, 6'10", out of Duke, power forward. Uh, I think he fits well with this roster, to be honest. Yep. Uh, they have good guards. Uh, just got Halliburton. I believe they still have Brogdon. I think he was injured some of this year. Right. Uh, really like that backcourt, to be honest. And then I think they need a forward. Uh, they have Miles Turner, but he can be a five. 
he he plays really good defense. I think Bancaro works great at the four spot in this scenario. I like it. And then, oh. You got three. I forgot that I had three because I drafted Bancaro because I think Jabari Smith Jr. to the Pelicans at number three is a fun pick. I think that's really fun. Especially because they're good. They don't need an Ivy. I mean, they don't need a creator. Yeah. And Jabari's not that. They can settle for a really good role player. 100%. They have the room to draft a role player this high, and he is as good as role players get. Uh, maybe more, but yeah, with the third pick to the Pelicans, I'm going to draft Jabari Smith Jr. This is where it gets funky for me, because I think the next best available is Ivy at four to Houston. I don't love that, though. You don't. They have Jalen Green, um, Kevin Porter Jr. They, they, I feel like they have decent guards. They drafted Josh Christopher last year as well. I don't really look at the guards on Houston outside of Jalen Green. Yeah. Kevin Porter's not doing anything for me. There's just such a drop-off after those four in my mind. I think Sharp is good. Murray's good. Duran and Mather. I'll take Ivy. To the Rockets. What a good backcourt. I'll take Ivy to the Rockets and just try to get some bigs either in free agency or later in the draft. They got Shangoon. They got him. And Christian Wood, who's solid. Shouldn't be there, but he's solid. Yeah, he's solid. I'll, I'll go Ivy. Um, but now this is where the draft kind of starts. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go a bit off book with this pick. Number five, the Magic. I'm going to draft Shaden Sharp. Yeah. I don't like Keegan Murray at this spot. I don't think he fits with Franz. I mean, he could. I don't. I just like Shaden Sharp's upside. They don't have a strong... I know they have guards... Magic fans are always on Twitter talking about how they don't want any more guards. I just think the upside with Shaden Sharp, Suggs could be your one. I don't care about Cole Anthony. I don't care about the other guy. I can't even remember his name. RJ Hampton? Yes. I don't care about RJ Hampton, and I don't care about Cole Anthony when I'm drafting within the top five picks of the NBA. You're going to base a top five pick off those guys? No, I'm not. Uh, So I'm going to draft Shaden Sharp to play with Jalen Suggs and Franz. I'm yeah, so I'm too gonna, busy thinking about my Pistons pick. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to draft Shaden Sharp number five overall, which okay. I think he could realistically go much higher than that. But I think he, I that's think a, he could that's be. That's another podcast. That is. At, what are we at now? Six to Detroit. This is tough. I'm between, there's three guys I'm between right now. For Detroit, the Detroit Pistons with the sixth overall pick. I'll take Jalen Duran out of Memphis with a sixth pick. Their bigs on roster are Marvin Bagley, eh, Luca Garza, eh, and Kelly Olenek. Eh. And Isaiah Stewart, who's a center who's six foot eight. What is Sadiq at three? Yeah, Sadiq's a three. Yeah. And right. so I think I think Duran adds some A lob threat with Kate Cunningham is yeah. really fun. Yeah, and that's what I was between. I was between him, Matherin, and uh Murray. I don't think they're at a point where they draft Murray to kind of win now. They're not good enough to win now, in my opinion. Uh, Matherin, that just kind of be another guard lost in the mix in Detroit. I go Duran. He has high upside. I've compared him to. He has the potential to be like a Bam. I think they're similar in college. They they play similar similarly. Bam is a lot more polished now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's grown a lot. Uh, give me Duran though. I think he's a fun lob threat with Cade. He's going to be a great defender, great rebounder. He's good in transition. I I, I think that fits well. Yeah, I like it. Uh. This is not realistic because Keegan Murray is still on the board, which is not going to happen in the actual NBA draft. I don't think. It's a seven? I think it, will. I think it could. Seven? I yeah. don't know. I think someone. I think Sharp could go above him. 
Matherin can go above him. I don't. I don't know. I don't see it. Really? I don't see it. I, think I like Keegan. Who it is. Man, he is so polished so across the seven. Board. Portland Keegan. Yeah, number seven, uh, Keegan Murray, and that that actually is a good fit because they need win now players, and he's probably as win now as it gets outside of like a dude. And even those guys, I mean, they're not win now, but they're better than a Shaden Sharp type. So yeah, number seven, Keegan Murray. All right, eight to Sacramento. Just a complete dumpster fire. Doesn't matter who you pick; they're gonna suck. Oh, pick your least favorite. Go ahead and put <laughs> throw Ryan Rollins in right there, number eight. You could draft anything. Yeah, you really could. Anything. All right, I'll go ahead and take. I'll do Benedict Matherin. I don't love him for it. I think he's the best, and on my board, he'd be the best available. I was thrown around Johnny Davis, even though I don't love him. I think he's a guy who could be, you know, he has the potential to be a really good scoring guard. I was thrown around the idea of Dyson Daniels. But yeah, I'll I'll go Matherin, kind of a jumbo-sized guard out of Arizona. Super athletic, good score. I I think he's a safe guy. I I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, Number nine overall, the San Antonio Spurs. I'm going to go Johnny Davis. I feel like he's a pretty, I I wouldn't say his fit is necessarily good there, but I think the Spurs are really, really good at molding players in general, not necessarily to what they want, but just into good basketball players. And honestly, I haven't talked about it before on here, but I think Johnny Davis needs a good bit of molding. Uh, Offensively, I don't love what I see. He's a good creator. He makes tough shots. I think that's the problem. He makes tough shots, makes some bad decisions. Shoots a lot of tough shots. Shoots a lot of tough shots, and he makes them, but I'm not confident that's going to translate. Good defender, to be honest. I was watching tape the other day. He's a better defender than I thought, especially off ball. Yeah. Uh, much he covers better. ground so quick. Yeah, he does. And I think that fits really good with what the San Antonio Spurs are trying to do. So I'm going to take Johnny Davis, number nine overall. Wizards at 10. Another just complete question mark to what the direction is of this franchise. <laughs> you got some good ones. Kings, Wizards. Does, who knows what Beal's going to do? Holy moly. Let's go with, we're going Tari Eason out of LSU. Wow. I did that because I don't think they're going to win regardless. Okay. Someone that you can, I don't know if they're good at molding players. They're awful at molding players. Uh, he, he could be someone in a couple of years. It's like, wow. He was a really good pick out of that draft. He's got a great frame, great intangibles. He's a really good defender, maybe the best defender in the top 10. Yeah, I'll go I'll go Tari East and just bank on potential here. I am going to go completely off book. And with, what am I at, 11? The 11th overall pick to the New York Knicks, I'm going to draft someone who's probably a good 10 spots lower on my board. And that's going to be Ty Ty Washington because I think the Knicks need a lot of what he does. As far as consistency, good across the board, not elite at anything, not bad at anything. Uh, I'm going to take Ty Ty. I think he could go up there still. It really depends on pre-draft stuff. I would say he's probably more of a slider than a riser, but I like what Ty Ty does. Uh, I probably have him around 18 to 20-ish, but I don't think 11 is crazy. I don't. I'm not a huge Ty Ty guy. There's a lot of guards I take above him, but he's a good, he's a decent fit for the Knicks. I just I feel like that stability factor with the Knicks uh-huh. is something they need, and they would never pick him. They would go wild, crazy pick. But yeah, I as the GM of the Knicks, I'm taking Ty Ty. So 12 Oklahoma City. They already have Chet in this draft. Oof. I think you gotta. I go Dyson Daniels. Yeah, yeah that's 100 yeah. what I was thinking. He really good perimeter defender. 
um, shows shown glimpses of being able to score the ball. He's good in transition. We talked about him on the last podcast a little bit. I know Derek covered him. Uh, he's good. I think you can then deal Dort if you get a guy like Daniels. Um, I think he fits in well. And, and he's someone who can play, I think, from the beginning because you're not going to expect a ton out of him offensively. He'll be a plus defender. He'll be a guy that can play fast. He's got his role. Yeah, I'll go Daniels at 12. Now I'm counting on you to draft my guy with the next pick if I do this. At number 13 overall to the Charlotte Hornets, I'm going to do Ochai Baji because I like his fit with the Hornets. Uh, he's more win now, junior, no, senior out of Kansas. Uh, I like his shooting potential next to LaMelo. I don't think you can quite go big man with them. They've got bridges probably for the long haul pretty soon. I like his shooting guard, Agbaji. He's more of a wing, but I think that's fine with, for what they're trying to do. So, 14th pick. Come on. Cleveland. Come on. I know who you want me to go I with. I know you know. I can't believe I took Ty Ty at 11. Yeah. Still in shock. So for those of you who aren't following, Derek wants me to go with Jeremy Sohan right here. I do. He's not going to because he's a hater. I like Sohan. But you're a, you're a Derek Parker hater, so... And they have Jared Allen, and they have Evan Mobley. <sighs> He's only 6'8". He can play the three. Yeah, he could. That's a really good defensive lineup. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. <sighs> I don't blame you for not. Just to give my guy some love, we're going with Usman Jang. Oh, my God. To the Cavs? At the 14th pick. Yeah. A wing that's really good with the ball in his hands, able to create, playmaker, bring him off the bench, and kind of help provide some scoring. and playmaking for that second unit i i like sohan but i'm just uh a straight hater i don't know where either of them fit into this you could have taken sohan 12 to the thunder that would have worked but i already had chat one you could have taken jang 12 to the thunder as well i like daniels better just no i agree i'm just uh, fit wise i think jang is interesting with okc i think sohan's interesting with okc uh you could have swapped sohan to the hornets i thought about doing that as well uh i don't know they, they're both odd very specific pieces. Oh, I agree. Gosh. I take it back. I'll take Sohan. At 14? Yeah, I think so. You can't take it back? Fine. Adam gosh. Silver walks up. Dang he it. says the, the thing, and you, you grab <laughs> it and try to pull it back. Give me my hat back. I take it back. Okay, and that was it. That was the draft. You want to run us through what we did again? I'm sure you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so at one, uh, Oklahoma City took Chet Holmgren. At two, Indiana took Paolo Bancaro. Three. New Orleans took Jabari Smith Jr. out of Auburn. Four, Houston took Jaden Ivey, guard out of Purdue. Five, Orlando took Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky, who's logged a grand total of zero minutes in his collegiate career. Six. Another the, uppercut jab in the middle of a the, sentence. Detroit He's took sneaky. Jalen Duran. I actually like the fifth pick with Shaden Sharp. I agree. Uh, I six, Jalen Duran to Detroit. Seven, Keegan Murray to Portland. Eight, Benedict Mather into Sacramento. That's my worst pick I made. <laughs> Nine, oh, maybe the next one's worse for me. Nine, San Antonio, Johnny Davis. That's good. Ten, Washington Wizards take Tari Eason. Meh, that was bad. New York at 11 takes, uh, I don't know who you took at 11. Ty Ty. Ty Ty. The guy. That was a dumb pick. Oklahoma no. City at 12 takes Dyson Daniels. Charlotte at 13 takes, um, Abaji and 14 Cleveland takes. Who was it officially? Just say Jang. You want to say Jang? It was so a Jang. Bad. 
All right, and that was our Tankathon draft. Good time, that Tankathon. That Matt okay. Hoover is a smart, smart boy. That taught me two things. One, I thought it was going to be easy. It wasn't. But like two, it's so team dependent. We keep saying this, but it's unbelievably team dependent. Like none of these teams. They're not going to do anything that we did. Well, it's like none of these teams are good enough to pass on the best available for the most part. But then at the same time, none of these players are good enough to be like, they're clear cut the best available. It's just, it's weird. It's a strange draft. It is. It is for sure. Uh, we had a couple Twitter questions I tweeted out. I think we had two. So we're going to go ahead and answer those. First one, Thunderous Obstinacy. God, I hope I said that right. If not, I'm so sorry, Obstinacy. my guy. Obstinacy. Obstin... There's no second N. Obstinacy. Obstinacy. Obstin... Ob... Obstinacy. Obstinacy. We already talked about your vocab. Do you think... There's any chance of Presti pulling an Ainge, Danny Ainge, Boston Celtics general manager, in 2016 and trading out of a top spot if he thinks he could still get his guy and add assets? Yeah, I think there's a chance. There's always a chance, especially with Presti. You have no idea what's going to happen. So yeah, I think Presti can pull an Ainge and move back to get a guy he wants. I don't know if they'll be in that situation. I just, there's something about it, man. I just don't see us, get, Oklahoma City, not us, unbiased. We have no mm-hmm. dog in this fight. Um, I don't see Oklahoma City getting a top two pick. And if they did, I think they'd take one of those two guys. Okay, well, let's say for argument's sake, they have number one. I think we can both safely assume Presti will do anything. The dude is a madman. He's a crazy person. I think... But he I could think trade from one to ten. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me, but I would, I would bet he takes Holmgren one. If he got the pick. If I was a betting man, I would bet that Sam Presti liked Holmgren a lot. Now, if pick number two or pick number three did not like Holmgren, I absolutely think he would trade back to get Holmgren and add assets. And I think he's smart enough. He's been around the block enough to know that he could do that. I also think there's a more than realistic, a very likely chance that we have absolutely no idea who Presti likes. And if he likes Shaden Sharp and has the number one pick and knows that Shaden Sharp is not going to go within the first four, he's going to trade back. And either way, you have to trust him after what he did last year. Mm-hmm. After getting Giddy at six, getting the sixth best player in the draft, give or take a few spots, mm-hmm. you have to trust what he does. Well, I think there's a number of guys in that kind of five, six to 14 range, a Sohan, a Jang, a Daniels, maybe even potentially like a Jovic kind of guy that, I could see Presti liking a lot or fitting in with Oklahoma City. And so, no, it, doesn't, it, it wouldn't surprise me. But if, let's say, the top three, all of them had a consensus, let's say Chet, Paolo, Jabari, I think he would just go ahead and take Chet if he had the first pick. I think he would. But I think what Ob's Tennessee here is asking is, if he knew he could get Chet at three, would he do it? Absolutely, he would do it. It's a smart move. I agree. And he would know that he could do it because he's Sam Presti and he's omniscient and he's omnipresent and he's a genius. I saw him one time. Sam Presti? At the collective. Yeah. I saw him at the collective. I was like walking by him and he was sipping a drink and put it down and kind of gave me the, the head nod. Ooh. He gave you a head nod. Yeah. It was cool. Friend of the pod, Sam Presti, gave Jake Kerr a head nod. Up up or down? Um, Big question. I bet he's was, an up guy. It was up. Yeah. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't like aggressively up. 
it was just kind of like a, you know, just a little, hey, what's up, man? I was making eye contact. I was like, oh my God, oh my gosh, it's Sam Presti. <laughs> and I like smiled at him. And then I said three words that will live in infamy. Go Thunder, baby. Draft Kevin Durant. No, I said go Thunder, baby. This was like two years ago, a year ago. Oh, really? Yeah, it was at the Collective. He was sitting outside Oklahoma City, the Collective. Do they serve alcohol? I don't know any places with alcohol. No, they don't. <laughs> okay, what's the next question that are at Handles Pod? At Handles Pod on Twitter, H A N D L E S P O D, at Handles Pod uh, on Elon Musk's Twitter. Next question Blaine Buchanan, friend of the pod, not playoffs or draft related. That's for you, Jake. But does Oklahoma high school basketball need a shot clock? Debate. There is no debate, I will say. This is not a debate. Yeah, this is easy. Yes, it needs a shot clock. It doesn't have a shot clock. I would take advantage of that as much as I could. That's it. I mean, there was some poll or voting thing sent out to head coaches, which I'm not, just a JV coach, um, asking to vote whether they're in favor or you know, against the shot clock. Well, everyone on Twitter's like, pro shot clock, yeah, we should do it. Well, the results come in and it wasn't unanimous. They 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 voted against the shot clock. And so, in my mind, yes, there needs to be a shot clock for a multitude of reasons. The pace of the game, you know, it gives teams an advantage to win if they're maybe not as good in some scenarios. I, I, I just think it's better for basketball, and every other level of basketball has a shot clock above high school. So what you're telling me is but, you think there's a conspiracy amongst the, the best teams in the state that they want to stay at the top, and they want to keep those those no. underdogs down low down there no, and, no, and not keep the I'm shot saying. clock away. But I will say, um, you know, we had the opportunity, our guys had the opportunity this year at OCS to play in the state um, tournament. And so I can tell you for a fact, if there was a game that we were playing in that state tournament, and if you lose, you go home in this case, and we're up five with two minutes left, we're holding the ball. Yeah. We're holding the ball, but in the same breath, like I'd love for there be to be a rule change. But as as for as long as there's not a rule change, you take advantage of that, just like you take advantage of any other rule. So that's kind of my take on it. I think it'd be better for basketball to get a shot clock. I think it helps guys develop their games a little bit. Um, there's a learning curve whenever you have a shot clock, I'm sure. But that's just for the small, tiny percentage that are going to go play at the next level. Your thoughts? Uh, I disagree completely. I think we need to leave it off. We need to let these youngins hold the ball uh i mean you watch college basketball you watch pro basketball what are they doing what's john morant doing seven seconds left in the game up to he's holding the ball got a firm grip on it he's just planted not going anywhere (laughs) jake's looking at me like i'm a freaking idiot (laughs) of course there should be a shot clock it's the most boring thing i've ever seen when they stand there and pass it back and forth the booing is exciting when the fans get into it that's awesome that's fantastic uh no of, of course there needs to be one it makes like you said Every level of basketball has it. It's asinine that Oklahoma high school basketball doesn't. There's no actual reason anyone can give me as to why there isn't one. And there's a lot as to why there should be. So I just, yeah, there should be. There should be. And I think there's an argument. It's like, you got to come out and guard. If there's not, for as long as they're not, like if another team's holding it, we got to get up and guard. If we're going to sit back in our soft little zone and watch them do whatever they want to do, that's on you for as long as there's not a rule. In my opinion. <laughs> IMO. All right, there it is. Jake Kerr, big fan of shot clocks. Uh, also big fan of bending the rules when there isn't one. Like a little jerk. Wonder how OCS got to the state tournament. 
holding the ball, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I heard exactly they, right. I heard they'd give it to Luke Gray, let him dunk one time. <laughs> they'd go down, have Luke Gray block the opposing team, and then they'd hold the ball for 42 more minutes. <laughs> We'd win like 9-3 to three most games. <laughs> no, uh, they're really fun to watch. I watched a bunch of kids absolutely ball out give it their all about three times last season so <laughs> they knew there was a blue check in the building and they had to put on well, you know only a couple crap down their leg mom was too big uh i think we're done here i think this is a very solid episode too for the second time go follow us on twitter at handles pod go follow me on twitter d park okay go follow jake on twitter i forget at jake kerr with three e's at the end of jake j-a-k E E E K E R R, and how many numbers? There's like it's like nine zero one one two two. It's my social social security. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. 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 One one seven four 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 six seven yeah. four four. Check out my Substack while you're at it. Yeah, do that. I put an article today. What on is some it? The sleepers in the draft. A little fundamental. Medium fundamental. <laughs> yeah, it's a play on words. You're so funny. Oh <laughs> um, my gosh. But then I'll be draw- I'll I'll be putting out my new big board um, on Friday. And I need you to all send positive affirmations to Jake uh, all week because he is just, he's a bit cranky right now. We need him in, we need him hyped up for next week. So maybe I'll get him like a NOS or a sponsorship. Oh, NOS. <laughs> I want to, I want whatever the Addison Ray energy drink is. It's a, uh, a Lonnie that? new <laughs> stop. You know who Addison Ray is. Stop. <laughs> I have no <laughs> you idea. Too. You're tripping. You're messing with me, bro. She a country singer? What? Oh my god! She plays for Nebraska women's college girls basketball. Addison Ray. Addison Ray. She averages sixteen points per game for Nebraska. Never. Heard she of took this him woman. to the Elite Eight. Are you joking? You know you're messing with me. I've never heard of this woman in my life. Yes, yeah. You you work in a middle school. Of course you know who Addison Ray is. Do you think they like women's college basketball in my middle school? All no, right. Big Ten fans. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it. We're going to end on that note. Derek likes TikTokers. We'll see you later. (laughs)